Hello and welcome to Potter Nims, a Harry Potter podcast about Wizarding World words. My name is Al and I'm a giant nerd. With me is my co-host and brother. Hi, I'm Eric, and I'm not quite the Harry Potter geek or word nerd that Al is, so most of this will be new to me. Obviously, there will be spoilers. Each week, I'll choose a Wizarding World word and tell you all about why it is so awesome and clever. So whether you're like me and you know most of this already, or you're like me and most of this is a surprise, I hope you learn something that will add to your enjoyment of this phenomenal fantasy world. Today, I want to talk about Thestrals. Oh gosh, I don't know if I know what th- this sounds like a creature. It is a creature. Yes. Okay. But nothing <laughs> is nothing is coming into my brain. Mm, okay. Well, they were introduced in the later in the books. Um they are in the film, so I'm sure once I start talking about them you'll know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thestrals are winged horses, kind of like a Pegasus, um, mm-hmm. but their body is very skeletal, almost reptilian, um, with a, a sort of a dragon-like head almost, with white eyes and sharp fangs, oh, and their wings okay. are like bat-like. They're not feathers. They're, you know, stretched skin. Yeah. Are they kind of like evil Pegasus? <laughs> Well, funny you should say that because they have that reputation. Um, a lot of wizards think of them as as omens of misfortune or or as unlucky. They have a, a bad reputation. Uh-huh. However, they are actually, you know, quite sweet and docile creatures for the most part. Oh, so they're um, just misunderstood. They're misunderstood, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, then this sounds exactly like the type of creature that Hagrid would uh, have hanging out with him. <laughs> yes, he does. In <laughs> fact, he has one of the very f- few um, domesticated herds of thestrals. Okay. Uh, some thestrals are domesticated, not all. There are wild uh, thestrals as well. But thestrals are a very rare creature. And they're not a standard mythological creature. Um, they're a, a J.K. Rowling original, although she may have pulled little bits of various legends, but there's no real one legend that, that fits this. Um, so it's it's a creation that she has come up with on her own. The Thestrals at Hogwarts um, actually pull the carriages that bring the students from the Hogwarts Express to the castle. Yeah, okay. I can picture that. Mm-hmm. But... Not everybody can see Thestrals. Yeah. Yeah. So do you know what it is that makes it so you can see a Thestral? No, I don't remember. Mm, Okay. So this is the cool part about Thestrals is they are only visible to those who have witnessed, understood, and accepted the concept of death. Okay. So, you know, the short answer is, you know, if you've seen someone die in front of you, then you can see Thestrals. But there's been this other part, and I feel like it's almost uh, trying to um, get around a a bit of a plot hole, this bit about understanding and accepting the concept of death, because um, Harry doesn't see the Thestrals until book five. You know, in the first four books, he thinks that the carriages are just drive themselves. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of book four, he Cedric gets killed. Yeah. And then at the start of book five, he can see the Thestrals. But there are several little problems here. First thing is that Harry actually witnessed his mother's death when he was one year old. 
Mm-hmm. So if it was just witnessing a death, then he should have been able to see them all along. And then even though Cedric is killed right next to him, he doesn't actually see it with his eyes. Uh, he has his eyes closed and mm. he just hears Cedric fall right next to him. Both of the, these things are dealt with with this addition that it's not just witnessing death, it's accepting it and understanding it. So, you know, when he was a one-year-old, he wasn't aware enough of what it was that he could actually understand that his mother had died, yeah. you know, in front of him. And then at the end of the fourth book, he doesn't see the Thestrals when he's going back to the Hogwarts Express after Cedric's death, but he does see them the next, the start of the next school year. And hmm. J.K. Rowling has said that he hadn't really fully dealt with Cedric's death yet, and that's why he mm-hmm. couldn't see them yet. So, you know, I feel like it's almost like she's trying to fill these plot holes, but it's a, it's okay. I, I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You'll give her a pass. <laughs> I'll give her a pass. I wonder yeah. if these creatures were something that she didn't originally have in her plan from the beginning that she thought of and added in and then was like, oh, there's... Well, yeah. okay. You have to be able to understand death as well because otherwise this doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, it almost sounds like, I mean, it's it's like you don't see them until something traumatic has happened that's like made you like lose your innocence or have to grow up mm. or like kind of accept how reality is around mortality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And and it's kind of doubly interesting that that's kind of the, the trigger that allows you to see them because they... They have a certain look to them that one would mm. might associate with with death or bad things. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the reason, besides their appearance, the reason that Thestals are thought of as, as omens of misfortune or unlucky is because of this association with death. Mm-hmm. You have to be unlucky enough to witness someone dying to be able to see them, you know? Right. <laughs> um, but the word Thestral comes from an archaic English word, fester, which means dark and gloomy. Mm-hmm. And then the suffix al, uh, it means pertaining to. So thestral is like pertaining to the dark or the gloom. Yeah, okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. We don't appear, you don't necessarily know we even exist until something dark and gloomy really happens to you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Creatures of the dark and the gloom, but not threatening, not evil creatures, just existing in this dark space, you know? Yeah. Which is, I think is a really cool way to do it, to make these, link these creatures so intrinsically with death, but not make them evil, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of an interesting balance. Um, And yeah, not all things that hang out in the dark are bad, (laughs) like... Like bats or something. Like mm, yeah. They're just another animal. There's nothing really negative about them in reality. Yeah. So Thestrals, these creatures, they're carnivorous. Um, they like to eat birds. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. so right after we talk about how they're like actually really nice, pleasant creatures. Oh, it turns out they just like eat birds whole. <laughs> Yes, so they're not completely docile. Let's say they're non-threatening to humans. Yeah, okay. (laughs) They have a great sense of direction, and they can understand human speech enough that you can just tell it where you want to go. And it understands and it knows where to go. Um, So it's kind of like the the post-owls in that way. Yeah. 
Um, and they can actually fly very fast. Harry comments at one point that this is the fastest he's ever ridden, and he has the best broom in existence. So mm-hmm. they're faster than than a broom, and they can easily fly for long distances. So they're like the the jet plane animal or something. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, I feel like it would. It might be a bit uncomfortable actually to ride them because you'd have this wind like blowing back your face the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like at one point they they ride Thestrals from Hogwarts to the Ministry in London, so from somewhere in Scotland to London in like a matter of you know less than an hour or something. They they can go pretty fast and long distances. Oh, cool. And then they just hang out and, you know, munch on birds while they wait for the return trip. (laughs) Right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) There are also instances in the books where a witch or wizard riding the Thestral can't see it. Oh, that would be kind of terrifying. Wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Imagine like flying, speeding through the air on the back of what feels like a kind of a skeleton, but you can't see it, you know? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, as a kid. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, almost like the horrifying version of uh, Wonder Woman's invisible plane. (laughs) I've got another idea, Batman. I can take Aquaman right to the ship in my transparent plane. Fantastic, Wonder Woman. At 5,000 miles an hour, you'll have him there in a few seconds. (laughs) Nice reference, yes. (laughs) Wow. So um, I have one little fun fact here. There is a real creature called a Thestral Incognitus. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is a shield bug from Chile. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's special about this is that um, Thestral is the genus, um, but there's only one species of this genus. So they're monospecific. So they're kind of rare, like Thestrals. And yeah. it was actually named after the Harry Potter creature, Oh, really? Yes. Because of their ivory coloring, which I think is kind of doesn't fit, but and also because of their scarcity, because they're so rare. Oh, that's cool. I had no idea. Like, I mean, it, obviously that means that it's a somewhat recent discovery in the- Yes. Uh, but that the, whoever the scientist or group of people that discovered it are <laughs> Harry, Harry Potter fans. <laughs> yep. <laughs> At least one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> What do you think about a creature that you can only see after you've seen death? What do you think of this concept? Well, it's pretty cool. Like, I really do like the uh, the contrast of uh, the appearance and the, the fact that you can't see this creature until you've been intimately involved in tragedy or death. Mm-hmm. Um, but that they are a mainly docile creature that doesn't really have anything to do with death or evil or anything like that. It is an interesting concept to have something that is invisible or that you don't know or realize exists until mm-hmm. a specific something happens. And like, I'm, I'm curious how that, um, you know, that's not like it's a spell that's put on the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the creatures. It's something baked into their DNA somehow. So it's interesting that like, what's the trigger there? Is it that, you know, the human brain just can't even fathom that this creature exists until you've gone through this dark experience? Mm. Or is it that the creature itself can like 
make itself actively visible or invisible or like that's it's an interesting concept and makes me think more like logistically how is that possible and how does it Mm. work Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah is it something about you that changes that allows you to see it or is it something about you that changes that makes it want to be seen right and then even if if it's that case Mm -hmm. uh how does it make itself seen but only to Mm -hmm. certain people yeah you know, it's like a, a squid or something that has, <laughs> that can like blend into its environment or something, but, but unblend in to certain eyeballs. Like that's, that's quite a skill if that's Selective how it works camouflage. with <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Considering that it has this concept of not only witnessing death, but understanding it or being truly touched by death. Mm-hmm. Do you think you would be able to see Thestrals? Oh, Wow. Um, I mean, I've certainly had, you know, people that were important and close to me pass away, but I have not directly witnessed death happen in front of me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think that maybe there's a Thestral in my house right now (laughs) and I can't see it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that's either really creepy or kind of um <laughs> is it a sort of a, a guardian type thing you right know? that it's protective <laughs> it's calming yeah <laughs> you know i haven't seen anyone die right in front of me either i mean i've seen dead body i kind of feel like if that other part of truly understanding death i i like to think that i would be able to see one I'm not afraid of death or anything like that um mm-hmm. but but who knows yeah it's yeah, hard right. to know is, if if you truly understand it, you know. Yeah, does understanding death mean that you've come to terms with it and you mm-hmm. just you accept it that right. you no longer fear death mm-hmm. that like what yeah, yeah, that's a slightly open-ended definition. Exactly. Uh, it's probably like, you know, your patronus where you don't know what it is until you you produce one where you don't know if you'll see a thestral and, until you see one. Until <laughs> you see one. Yeah. <laughs> or until yeah. somebody next to you sees one and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and depending then you know, oh, I still have like some innocence or mm. oh, I've been through some stuff. Mm. So do you think it mm. is kind of like a, a a loss of innocence that allows you to see them? I don't know. I guess that mm. seems to be what my, like, what I'm coming back to of just like going through an experience that traumatic. If it's some, if it's literally like such a powerful thing has to happen to you that now you can all of a sudden see a creature that never, you never knew existed or couldn't mm-hmm. see before, it has to be a really powerful shift in, in y- who you are as a person for them to become visible. However, that functionally happens, like either they recognize that you, you should be allowed to see us now, or your brain recognizes that, wow, like death exists. It's (laughs) scary. I've come to terms with it. So now all of a sudden I can see this creature, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. That seems to be maybe more projecting, um, myself that like mm. witnessing or having someone close to you die triggers this kind of like introspection, this like change in you where you realize, <laughs> oh, wow, I am not a mortal. Um, <laughs> you know, most people, myself, I'll speak to like mm-hmm. it the first time or two that that kind of thing happens to you or you witness it. Like I definitely noticed like a big 
shift in how I viewed the world in general. So it would make sense mm-hmm. that that changes how you can view this certain creature in the mm-hmm. wizarding world. Mm-hmm. It's a cool concept. It's a very cool concept. I would love to hear other people's takes on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if you're listening and you have some interesting take on Thestrals and how they are able to be viewed, or if you think you would be able to see a Thestral or not, we'd love to hear about it. Check us out and drop us a line on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram, both at Potternims. And if you'd like to see an animated version of this episode, maybe with a Thestral in the background, <laughs> uh, you can check us out on YouTube as well. If you want even more extra bonus contents, extended uh, conversations, uh, bits that didn't make the podcast episode, blooper reels, things like that, um, consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash potternims. And tell all your friends. <laughs> yeah, tell all your friends, drop a like, and uh, all Rate that and review, stuff. please. We appreciate it. Yeah. Well, until next time, I'm Al. And I'm Eric. And this has been Potternims. Potternims.